0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, Lauren and I are talking about our recent trip to Los Angeles, where we met with the famed minimalism pioneers, the minimalist Joshua Ryan and TK, and the amazing decluttering expert to the stars, Tracy McCubbin. In this casual one-on-one discussion, we detail all of our experiences on our week away, including tips to help you pack light, live like a local, and also make time for me time while traveling. We also discuss our surreal experience watching The Minimalist record live in their Los Angeles studio, and we share feedback on some of their listener questions during this recording. We share our responses to questions, including what constitutes a real minimalist and what is wrong with storage spaces? Plus, we discuss how to manage relational clutter, and we debunk some of the most common misconceptions around this lifestyle. Plus, I share my thoughts on my latest read, The Fifth Agreement, by international bestselling author Don Miguel Ruiz, to help you manage your mental clutter and be more open to listening to the ideas of others. And to close, to celebrate our upcoming five-year anniversary of running the Millennial Minimalist Podcast, we share a beautiful poem about our journey so far that was kindly written to us by a dear friend of mine. Be motivated by our minimalist lessons and experiences and be inspired to join us on our journeys for the long haul. So we just got back from our trip from Los Angeles where we met the minimalists, and it's so nice to finally sit down with you, Lauren, and
1: talk about everything. Yeah. It's nice to be back where it's warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, for those that don't know, actually, so Toronto, obviously, is known for being cold, but we have amazing summers here, and Los Angeles, we figured it would be a little bit warmer, though, and it
1: was freezing cold the whole time we were there, and we didn't see the sun once, I don't think. (laughs) And Toronto was having a heat wave. Everyone was messaging us. It's so hot here, and I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny, eh? But uh, yeah, Lauren is without a phone today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my boyfriend accidentally took my phone to work and I've had no phone. I was just telling Kelly before we started, I'm like, it has been so nice not having a phone. <laughs> he emailed me. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no worries at all. <laughs> You're so easy going. That <laughs> yeah, way. take it every day, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> less distractions, less noise in the morning. So I, I bet you had a focused morning then.
1: I had a very focused morning. I kept going to check it and I'm like, I don't have it. I'm like, just back to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you're addicted, when you start reaching for your phone and your phone's not there. It's not there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling. So we were just talking earlier before we started recording that it, we just feel so refreshed and so at peace post little vacation and work trip to Los Angeles. It was oh, such a great experience. And I think we we both gained a new newfound perspective
1: on life. And it's nice to see that you have this sense of calm, Lauren. Yeah, I was just saying to Kelly, too, I've been so much happier since we got back. And Kelly and I met up with so many different people. I met so many new people in the course of five days. So it was amazing. It was a very fast paced trip, but it was worth it. And one thing I loved about LA is that I feel like in Toronto, everyone is like, this is what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. And in LA, it's like, I do this, this and this and it was, it was so nice. It was so refreshing. It was like, Oh, like I do this as a job, but I also do this on the side or I'm interested in this. And it was, it's just such a new, a different way of life over there. So I appreciate that because I do a few things and I don't like talking about all the things I do because I feel lost and scatterbrained when I say it. But (laughs) over there, when they were saying the people we met that they did a few things, I was like, wow, it makes them so much more interesting and that they have this full and diversified life. And I came back with a new perspective on that, so.
0: Well, it is the city of dreams, right? So people go there to pursue their passions and it's also a very expensive city. So people are doing multiple things to afford to live there, I'm sure as well. (laughs) But it's nice, (laughs) it's refreshing to be able to say, oh yeah, I do this and this and this. And they, they come back and they say, oh, I do this and this and this as well. It's not, oh, I just, work this one day job which honestly is awesome as well but it's a lot of people they know what they want to do and they do that one thing and that's fine you don't have to do three things Uh, but it's it's nice that you felt at peace with that and you didn't feel weird or out of place and you felt at home which is a really really nice feeling
1: yeah oh no I I credit the people who work one job and work super hard I I just feel less lost having a few things on the go
0: (laughs) Yeah. You have a lot of interests. We both do. Yeah, and do. It, it's really nice. And we learned on this trip. So did the minimalists as well. They do a lot of things. They do a lot of different things. And we've actually, we received quite a few direct messages over social media at Millennial Minimalists about how our trip went. And they can't wait for this recording today to hear about <laughs> all the details of meeting the minimalists. And we also met with Tracy McCubbin, who I interviewed in episode 158 called Solve Your Clutter Problems. And Tracy is an incredible author, and she owns a decluttering company called Declutterfly. And in her books, she talks about emotional clutter blocks, the things that keep us from decluttering our things, as well as our emotional clutter magnets that cause us to buy things we don't need. And, anyways, long story short, we were so excited to meet with her. We actually got right off the plane and went right to Sunset Tower Hotel to have lunch with her. So, and that was great. That was honestly a great way to start the trip.
1: Yeah, she was amazing. Like in person, she's so bubbly and friendly and she's so well dressed. She was yeah, amazing. When
0: when I interviewed her, I remember thinking you have so much energy. I was like, I thought yeah. I had energy. You have way more energy than me and I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys are both high energy. I love it.
0: Yeah, it was really, really refreshing. But yeah, so we'll talk about also our, our travel and packing experience. So we stayed in an Airbnb. Uh, we do like staying in Airbnbs. We find that they're a little bit more affordable, but not just that. They almost allow you to feel like you're living in another city. And that's really nice. It, it's You actually get to experience the city because it feels like you're living in an apartment. You're walking around doing your own thing. You're not in a hotel room, right? So we really like that experience as if we live there. And uh, Lauren and I, as as usual, we brought our (laughs) carry-ons. So we didn't bring much stuff, which is good. And I want to share that while I was packing, I was trying to figure out what outfits I was going to wear on each day so that I didn't have to make those decisions once I landed. And that made it really easy when I got there. And I was really happy about that. I also, when I pack, I usually pack extra items, you know, those things that you only wear a couple times a year. Or maybe the things you're like, oh, maybe I'll use this on the trip. But I decided in packing while I was packing that I wouldn't bring those items. And I'm so happy I didn't because I know what I like. And we weren't doing anything outside of the norm, any fancy events or anything or unique events that we needed to attend. It's like, I'm going to bring my pearl earrings, my favorite t-shirt, my favorite pants, my favorite shorts. So that made it easier for me. But the one thing, and we talked about this in the beginning, (laughs) is that we we should have paid a little bit more attention to the weather. (laughs) So I packed a bunch of shorts, dresses, and it was freezing cold the whole time.
1: Yeah. I feel like we even, I teach this in the closet course about packing and being so specific with outfits and being able to just bring a carry on. And I was packing for Southern California, like coming from Canada. I didn't think it would be an issue, but we got there and it was a lot colder than we thought it would be. And I didn't pack for the cold. So, luckily, I pack a few warm things for the flight, which I, I wore those. And I had some blazers just for when we went out in the evening. I ended up wearing those through the day. But yeah, those are just sometimes you, it's like a hit or miss. Like sometimes you get there and the weather is a bit off, or it said it was mm-hmm. going to be in the 20s, but it, maybe because it was overcast, it was still a bit cold. They call it June gloom. Yeah. Or May so, gray. May great, yeah. But coming home still with just a carry on and being able to unpack and, you know, do a load of laundry so fast. It's so nice. I was done in maybe 15 minutes unpacking and then throwing the load of laundry. And I'm like, this is why I live this lifestyle. Like, it's just so efficient to get back to life instead of having these massive suitcases with a bunch of stuff shoved in them and having to wash everything and put it back. And oh, that's the beauty of minimalism.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it's really tough when you have all these different shoes as well. I find shoes take up a lot of space. So I said, okay, I, I'm going to have bring one runner. I brought one pair of heels, uh, one pair of sandals that I never ended up wearing because we didn't end up going to the beach. And what else did I bring? Oh, and then my white Converse shoes, which a lot of you asked about. A lot of you sent us DMs saying, what are those shoes? They're just a regular pair of Converse, but they're so comfortable. So if you want the exact name, just send me a line. <laughs> I can send you a picture of the box. But uh, but yeah, I the packing experience packing simply is so great it just makes the trip so much more seamless even when we we actually had to move from our airbnb to a hotel for the last night and it just was so easy to do that right and yeah, lauren's always wondering she's like oh is a hotel down the street
1: we could just roll our bags you know we don't yeah, have i'm like step. let's walk there and kelly's like let's- no lauren we're not walking there there's suitcases <laughs> we got a lot of steps in though We did.
0: Actually, it's a city of driving, but we ended up getting so many steps in. Lauren's like, no, let's walk there. Let's walk there. And when I lived there back in 2010, the running joke was, you don't really walk in LA unless you are a tourist. So, so I was like, okay, like I'm just going to do it anyways. I don't care. I guess I'm a tourist. You can call me that. I don't really care, (laughs) but we ended up uh, walking to the minimalist studio and it was great. It was like nice and refreshing to go for a walk before we met everyone. But, but yeah, I also want to add when it came to packing that we also brought water bottles. It's definitely a way to be more sustainable and also save money at the airport. Water is like six to seven Canadian dollars now. (laughs) ridiculous. So we just refill our bottles there, which makes it easier. And something I wanted to add is that Lauren and I, we don't sit together on the plane. It's so funny. It's (laughs) something that Lauren and I, we never do, but it's usually because I usually check in right away and Lauren always leaves it to the last minute. So (laughs) we sit somewhere different, but we kind of like it because we like to do our own thing. But on the plane ride there, I, I, I was sitting beside a very interesting musician who I'll tell you about shortly. But there was a moment on their plane ride where I went to the bathroom and I went and saw Lauren and Lauren had this beautiful, large space beside her. Nobody was sitting beside her.
1: And I was like, Lauren, I was like, why didn't you tell me? And what did you say? It's like, I want my space. But you know what? I like to get work done on flights. And I feel like if I'm sitting next to someone I know, I end up just talking for like three or four hours. I understand it's like, it's nice to be sitting beside someone, you know, but yeah, I, don't know, I just like to do my own thing for my yeah. light over.
0: <laughs> it's so cute. You you usually sleep or read, and I usually work on my laptop. I find, but yeah, it's it was cute. I was like, no, I know you want your space. It's all good. <laughs> I'm happy to sit with the musician that I was sitting beside, who was super interesting. It's funny. He he started talking to me, and I said, yeah, you know, I'm going with my co-host. So we have this podcast. It's on minimalism, and I was telling him about this lifestyle because he was asking questions. And he responds to me. He goes, Oh, wow. Okay. He's like, well, I'm a maximalist. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what makes you a maximalist? And he's like, Well, I have an ex wife, I have two kids, I'm newly married again. And I have lots of instruments and accessories that I carry around. I'm constantly traveling. And then I went, into the lifestyle a little bit deeper. And I was telling him about it's about living simply, being intentional about the things that you own. It's about being intentional and deliberate with how you spend your time. And then he starts sitting back and he goes, you know what? I actually, you know what? I think that I actually am a minimalist. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I think so too. And I was trying to tell him that by by means of explaining what this lifestyle is all about it was really interesting he goes oh wait you know maybe i am i you know he goes i use all my performance materials i i literally buy a pack of six of this very black t-shirt that i'm wearing right now and i'm very intentional with my calendar and how i spend my time and i was like well you maybe just you may just be a minimalist and it was really funny to see him turn around that way
1: Yeah, people always have misconceptions with minimalism and they don't even realize they are a minimalist until they do a deep dive into the lifestyle, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, it was really, really fun to see him have that little epiphany. You could see he was like, wait a second. (laughs) It's really (laughs) funny and super interesting guy. He's played for some celebrities. He's he gets flown in around the world to perform at weddings which I thought was really neat. It's 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 interesting who you meet on planes. It's it's always fun. And obviously, we have to manage our time with that. Sometimes people are chatterbox. And as we said on our previous episode, you can just, you know, set the intention. Okay, let's chat now, but I have to work on this. But it was one of those situations where we both knew we wanted to do our own thing. So that wasn't even necessary. We just went into our own things, which is great. And yeah, so let's go into our experience meeting the minimalists. Oh, it was so fun. So how do how do we start? Gosh, where do we start? So we walked in and they said, hey, you can be a part of our studio audience and watch us live for our main podcast recording and our Patreon recording. And it's going to be three hours. And we're like, okay, this is great. And we were welcomed by Mallory, otherwise known as Malabama. She's the narrator. She she shares listener questions if you listen to the Minimals podcast. And she is so great. She has such great energy. She's super kind. Anyway, she she walked us in. We met TK, Ryan, and Joshua, and we were the only ones there. We met the whole team. It was so great to finally be in the same room as everyone. And I interviewed TK at the beginning of the year, and it was so nice to finally give him a hug in person. I always say that nobody pieces words together like TK does. He's so brilliant. And to watch them live and hear them speaking live in their studio was very surreal.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. I had very high expectations of meeting them like I was super excited and my expectations were met. Like it was they were just as amazing in person as they are on the podcast and Kelly and I have been podcasting for 5 years. So to see a podcast done in a studio with a team was just I was blown away. And just how they do it and the the cutouts and when they you know, repeat things. And I, I don't know, it's just it was so cool seeing it on the back end. And yeah, it was kind of surreal. Like I, I've been following them for 10 years. I told josh i went to see them in toronto 10 years ago he was like were you 12 years old <laughs> i was like yes my retinol is working
0: <laughs>
1: but um, no it was it was amazing kelly and i were joking while they were on the mic that we kept wanting to jump in and give our insights on minimalism I said, I feel like we were watching
0: a tennis match that we just want to jump into, you know, just want to jump in there and start playing because they were actually answering some uh, listener questions and in our heads we're like, oh, I'd love to share my feedback, but one day we might be able to. So, and yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully we will be able to collaborate with The Minimalist very soon. Uh, We ended up having lunch with Malabama day one, (laughs) Mallory, and we also had lunch with Joshua which was great. So to catch up with him in person was awesome. And he, like me, is kind of a help nut, which I love. His his reasoning is more dietary reasoning, but uh, yeah, it was really cool to talk to him and sit outside and talk minimalism and also share our journeys with him so far and to hear where he is today and his focus and to congratulate him and his team on their new decluttering course, declutter everything or simplify everything.
1: So I'm I'm very happy for him and team. And they were so interesting, like even... When we we're talking to Josh, he does the writing class and they have a line of coffee beans. Like it's just so interesting to have a conversation, but they definitely live up to who they are on the mic and how amazing they are in their documentaries and their work. So it was surreal to to get to meet them.
0: And the level of preparation that they put into their podcast is incredible. Uh, yeah. The whole performance, the whole studio, the whole team, everyone's super dedicated and they, they really work hard and you can see the work and you can obviously hear it through their podcast, how much effort they put into it. But you know what I found really funny is we're sitting there and they're having these discussions and the production is so great and Lauren and I are kind of laughing in the background and or, you know, we're, we're clapping to things. So we really were the audience. But it was really nice of them because Joshua did point out that we were there. So you will hear about us joining them. They mentioned the Millennial Minimalists are here, which is really nice. And and hopefully we will be back with them to collaborate soon. So stay tuned for that. But you know, I, what I what I mentioned earlier is what I found funny is that Ryan, the whole time they were recording, was standing. <laughs> he wasn't sitting for the three hours. He was standing. And I said to him after, I was like, do you even have a chair? <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing. he's like yeah you know you sit all day you kind of want to stand i thought that was really impressive that he was recording and standing the whole time tk and joshua were in chairs high chairs which is cool but uh, i thought that was so funny and yeah just barefoot i just love that about ryan <laughs> i'm surprised you don't stand you have a
1: standing desk to do these I, things
0: i do have a standing desk but i find more it more comfortable to have this yeah. recording while i'm sitting yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should stand more with the standing desk. I find that I don't use it for standing that often, but uh, but it's nice to have the option, right? Because yeah. we have to sit for so long every day, so it's really really nice to have the option. And uh, so back to the minimalist. So they they had it. They were recording one of the episodes that hopefully I think it comes out the day that this episode comes out. So hopefully we come out at the same time. But what I loved most about TK Ryan and Joshua is that they all live different lifestyles, although they are all minimalists. They all have different mindsets and ways of life. They have varying values and beliefs when it comes to politics or in religion, yet they are not judgmental of each other, each other, and they're open to hearing each other's opinions. And I loved seeing that. And that really makes for quality conversations. It's nice to hear varying perspectives.
1: Yeah. It's nice to like see a group of people who can agree on minimalism, but live different lives outside of that. Like it, it goes to show you that the lifestyle is available for everyone.
0: Yeah. And you know, it just goes into one of the questions that was, that was posed to them. One of the questions was what constitutes a real minimalist? And it just goes back to the idea that there is no one way of living this lifestyle. There's no such thing as a real minimalist, you know? And I, I like this question because it it jumps on the misconceptions out there. You know, you made a joke originally. You're like, what makes a real minimalist? You're like, a baby.
1: Yeah, a newborn baby before it gets the blanket.
0: (laughs) Before it gets all the excess attached to it. So funny. I think you said that to Joshua and he started laughing. So funny. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I like that question because there's no rule book when it comes to living this way. And there's not one way of being a minimalist. It's about living deliberately, whatever that looks like for you. And we all own varying levels of stuff. Some use more stuff than others. And we all have our views on what is enough. What is enough for me might be different for what is enough for you, right? I definitely have more stuff than you do, Lauren. And I definitely brought more things on the trip. It definitely took me maybe 45 minutes to unpack, whereas it took you 15. So we're different that way. But that doesn't mean that you're a real
1: minimalist and I'm not. And it's not a competition either about who can own less. I feel like minimalism is a mentality. It's an understanding. To me, when I think of what constitutes a minimalist, it's someone whose life doesn't center around physical things, someone who may have areas in their life that they love and they appreciate and they splurge or maybe buy more, but they use what they own and they're okay with owning less. Um, And I also think that there's degrees of minimalism, like some people sleep on the floor and they're minimalist and some people like live in an expensive home and they're minimalist. So there's such a varying degree of minimalism. And two things we also talked about on the trip is we were asked if we judge when other people own a lot of stuff. And I, I feel like as a minimalist or when I say I'm a minimalist, people are like, Oh, I have a lot of stuff. Like I don't want you to see my house or don't look at my closet or don't look in my cupboards. It's like how, maybe how like dietitians feel when they go out for dinner and they're like, "Oh, they're judging me because they're a nutritionist." Right. Um but I my answer to that was I could care less how much stuff other people own. It doesn't bother me in the least. Yeah. Even when I lived with roommates when I lived with my parents, I never cared. I I just cared about the amount that I owned, the amount of clothing I had, the amount of products I had, because that was the stuff that I had to purchase and own and manage. And I wanted that to be simplified and minimal, but other people can own as much as they want. You know, maybe when I lived with my parents and I would open a cupboard and like 10 containers would fall out, I would get frustrated because I had to put them all back. But Someone else owning 10 containers doesn't affect my life. I guess the only times I'm more, you know, observant of it is when I feel like when people are being wasteful, like if they're Mm -hmm. buying clothes, they're buying a bunch of clothes and then they never wear them, not even once, or they buy food and they get thrown out in the garbage or things like that. It's like, okay, you know, you can own as much as you want, but there is a point where it's like do you need that much? And are you yeah. using it? And are you? is there, Or is there a point where you're just being wasteful? And a- another observation I've made is that Kelly and I don't judge people with how much stuff they have or where they want to buy money or what they want to own, but I can't help again, just saying this as an observation is that people who are overspending or constantly buying, especially if they're not using that stuff, that maybe they need to do some work on why they're spending so much money and why they feel the need to buy all that stuff. So I don't know. Minimalism gives you that ability to kind of do that deep work on yourself and figure some things out hmm. That's well said. And that goes back to Tracy McCubbin's book. So definitely check
0: her out. Yeah. Uh, as I said at the top of this episode, episode 158. So much incredible advice. She helps you uncover the reasons why you keep shopping or overbuying mm-hmm. or holding on to items that you know you don't need anymore in your life and that you should let go of. Uh, so she really gets to the root of the problem, which is really great. And uh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I remember it was Josh who said, whenever I go into a friend's house or something, they're always saying, oh, you're a minimalist. Like, don't judge me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but but we, we don't, we don't, we really don't judge. We really don't. I don't, no,
1: I, I, don't I don't care.
0: Yeah, I don't care. It, but, but we, but what we do is we do, we try to lead by example, right? We try to lead by example and show that this way of life is very fulfilling, and people can choose to adopt the values that we have or adopt the systems that we follow. But we don't push this onto anyone. And I want to share another question that came to the surface in that conversation. It was about storage items. And so they had a discussion you know, are you against storage items? What's wrong with storage items? Well, I want to hop in that conversation and say, well, there's nothing wrong with storage items. Even as a minimalist, we still have to store some things. You know, I'm not playing tennis outside in the wintertime here, so I have to store my tennis racket. There are things that you need to store, but it's about making sure that you're going to be using those items because... When you have a storage unit, it's very easy to store excess stuff that you don't want to deal with at that moment. We can all relate to it, right? It's it's, it's the hidden clutter that the minimalists argue is the most toxic form of clutter because it's basically hiding your problems (laughs) or hiding the stuff you don't want to deal with, which I found really fascinating. But storage spaces can also be very helpful because sometimes the space that you live in is very small. So I personally don't have a storage space I just have my apartment, but I do have one box in my parents' house, but it's only one box. So, and it's, it's stuff, it's a memory box and it's stuff that I will want to look back on and reflect. And it's something that I go through every year. So yeah, we, we can still have storage units, but just make sure that the stuff that you're storing is stuff that you actually want to use one day.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with storage bins at all. In fact, I think it's nice to separate what you use sometimes with what you use on a day-to-day basis, just because it can make your routine really efficient and just give that clear space when you, if you like that clarity, like that brings me a sense of calm. I definitely have storage bins. We have a locker at our condo and I store off-season stuff. I store the Christmas tree We have a slow cooker. Sometimes I'll make a pot roast with it. Like I definitely have stuff that I store and it's like a great utility to have to keep that stuff out of my like day-to-day clutter, I guess, or like mental space. But I I do try to stick with that rule, that one year rule. Like if I don't use it within a year, I'm probably never going to use it. And I'm aware of what's down there and what's in the storage bins. I think that there's a point where they can become dangerous. Like it's such an easy thing to just put stuff in storage bins and store it away and forget about it. This is so crazy. And maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but one day, this was like 10 years ago, I sat down and wrote everything I owned. I just wrote it down. And and I'm, I'm speechless. The girl I used to live, she reminded me, she's like, yeah, you're such a minimalist. I remember one time you wrote down everything you owned. I'm like, yeah, that was so crazy. I did that. I was just genuinely interested in what I owned and I wanted to make sure I needed everything I had. But Wow. If you could only still do that today, that's so crazy. I wonder how close I could get though. But the point of that, why I'm saying that is that I I know what I own. Like I'm pretty aware of the majority of things that I own and what I'm using and what I need. And then once I don't need them anymore, I, I'm fine to get rid of it. It's like, I mean, I'm always going to put up a Christmas tree and have hope, you know, unless I move to California and I don't have a winter coat anymore. (laughs) But no, i I think that they they can be important and very useful, and just something great to have to keep your your day to day space like so nice and clear and clean, and then have those extra things that you do need sometimes available. It's just like I said, they can become you know it's it's so easy to store stuff and forget about it. I love this idea of writing
0: everything down that you own <laughs> that
1: is the most
0: that is the biggest challenge. That is such a challenge. But I like that you pointed out it's yeah, you don't need to write out everything that you own. It's just the process makes you realize, oh, I know what I own. And it's knowing what what you own that can be so helpful and useful to you in your everyday so that you're not buying duplicates of things that you already own, or you're not confused about what you need because you know what you own and you know what you use. I find that fascinating the minimalist they talked about when it comes to storage items, you know, when it comes to making decisions about certain things and even not, not, not even just in storage, but it's just in everyday life. like, if that item were to combust, would you replace it? Such a great question. I love that question. And I, I shared that question with that person on the plane. And he's like, oh, I love that too. Because it makes you think you're like, oh, if that were to die or go away, would I replace it? And it just goes to show, it's like, oh, you don't need that item. And actually, The Minimalist, they recently released an episode about items that they no longer buy. I think that's something that we should talk about too. There are items I used to buy all the time that I don't buy anymore. And usually they have to do with sustainable living, but there's a lot of things I'm like, oh yeah, I used to buy that all the time. And even food things, like even, I remember Ryan was talking about Oreos. He's like, I used to buy Oreos and I don't buy Oreos anymore. Instead, I buy 100% chocolate. So it's healthier. (laughs) It's funny. So there's things that change. And to move the conversation over a little bit, another question that they talked about was relationship clutter. And Ryan talked about how, in his relationship with his wife, he really, he really, they really love to communicate with each other. They're all about, sharing how they feel even if they're not feeling great or about the other person or if the person's not making them feel great rather than holding it in he actually shares his feelings with her and he's like i would want her to share her feelings with me if there's something up that i'm doing that she's not happy about i want to hear it so that level of communication is great to hear rather than holding on to that baggins inside you that frustration you have with that person share it with them release your thoughts let them go versus holding them on and you know And just going with the flow. I think a lot of us we just go with the flow, even though we're kind of irked or ticked off or something like that. Rather than doing that, share it with them. And most of the time, like if it's if it's an understanding person, you know, they'll understand. And if the person's not understanding, then that's probably a red flag.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, to a degree, like pick your battles, too. I don't think in every other thing that someone little thing they do, you have to be like, hey, I need to sit down and discuss. this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'd tell my boyfriend I'm like if I annoyed you, you, keep, you can keep that to yourself. <laughs> that's so funny.
0: Yeah. And even you even you and I, there was a moment during our trip where we spoke, and I thought that was really nice. I was like, wow, this is great. We're having an open conversation about this because if we didn't, we would have held it inside of ourselves. And after we had that conversation, we both felt so relieved and felt so much better. And I'm glad that we're able to talk that way. And then you started talking about your relationship and how you can do that with your boyfriend now and it feels very comfortable. Whereas before, I think in the beginning, sometimes you have to hold things in because you feel like a little bit uncomfortable, but it's nice when you can get to that place where that level of communication is there because really like it becomes, you know, it, it becomes psychological clutter, like a combination of mental and emotional clutter. And it's nice to be able to release it and have that openness with the people that are close to you in your life.
1: Yeah. And Kelly and I have been friends for nine years now and we travel together, we work together. Like there's times when we get in disagreements and You know, one of the things I I learned through that and from being in a long-term relationship now is that if you get upset about something, number one, go into that conversation in a calm state, like whether you need to go for a walk, whether you need to sleep on it, you know, maybe have your meal first, like don't go in hangry or tired, just like make sure you're in a good state of mind and like go in with the points that you want to discuss, like what you want to get out and you know, what you want to get out of the conversation. I'm sure the people that you're friends with and you're close with, or you're in a relationship with, you have that line of communication and understanding. So no, it's so important in friendships and relationships in you know, working relationships too. So Mm -hmm. it was good. (laughs) Yeah, after, really, really I, Yeah. I feel like after Kelly and I talked, we're like, that was so mature of us the way we dealt with that.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, you and I are very mature when it comes to that stuff though. It's really, really nice. You know, I it's really, 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 really refreshing. Cause obviously I think most of us can relate to the feeling of opening up to someone and them just running away. <laughs> You and I are not avoidant types. So it's really nice. We can just have the conversations. We are both fixers. So it's helpful. Uh, But yeah, but yeah, no, actually. So, so back to the trip, I, I I kept sharing examples because people kept asking us about our relationships. And, and I think, I think it was, I think it was Ryan or TK. And they were asking about, oh, you know, do you care about someone having sharing in the same mindset, and and do they share in the same mindset? I think it was Joshua who asked you about your boyfriend, saying, "Oh, does does he is he a minimalist? Does he live simply?" And you were saying, "Oh, I don't push this onto him, but he's definitely seen the benefits and realized the benefits." And you know, you don't need to push this onto people. It's hey, they see the benefits, and then they start adopting those systems for themselves.
1: Yeah, and. I feel like with minimalism, it's like, of course you're going to be inspired by it. Like if you go to someone's house and like they live nicely and it's put together and there's not that much stuff or you travel with someone. I remember when we started the podcast, like I had my little carry on with just my few outfits I wore in rotation. And it's just like, wow, like it's done so well and so efficiently and so beautifully. It's like, it's so inspiring. I no wonder people are so interested and want to catch on. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. So, anyways, the moral of the conversation. I, I really want to talk about how, like, the minimalists they really share their varying perspectives, and I love that the most. And I'm actually I just finished a book on that trip with you, Lauren. I finished it just after I came back. While well, I was unpacking, I was listening to an audiobook called "The Fifth Agreement" by Miguel Ruiz, and I think that's how you say his last name. And I love The Fifth Agreement. It's a part of the Four Agreements book, and I'm sure many of you have read it. It is my favorite book on the planet. It's basically four agreements about, you know, it's just great wisdom for life and how you should live your everyday. So the first agreement is be impeccable with your words. Second agreement is don't take things personally. Next agreement is don't make assumptions. And the fourth one is always do your best. And in this book, he talks about the fifth agreement, which is be skeptical, but learn to listen. And I love this because it's the idea that we should be more open to what others have to say, even if we don't agree. And there's still lessons to be learned, even if we don't agree with them for ourselves. Right. So even in the, the situation with you and I speaking to each other, there's things that we disagree with, but we're open to listening. Right. And there's there's a compromise there. And I love that. And in this book, it made me it made me think about, wow, like it's so true. like there's there's all these ideas that we learn over time. So the argument is that, you know, society says what's right and wrong. Then we all experience this mental war of, like, you know, what is right? What is wrong? What is meaningful to me? But shouldn't I like this? But like, this doesn't really apply to me. How should I dress? How should I speak? How should I spend my time? These are the questions that go in our heads. And, there's this mental war, this mental struggle, because there's these learned behaviors and ideas in society, and how what we've learned learned growing up, and then there's the true selves inside that say, "Oh no, I actually don't agree with that," or "Oh, that's not really me," or "Oh, actually, I think about life this way, not this way." And maybe the majority of people don't think that way, but that's okay. And it's a subconscious clutter that I think we deal with every day, Lauren. Like even for example, you, you're like. I'm someone who does three things. I have focuses everywhere. And then, but most people in Toronto have one focus. So it's this mental war that you're dealing with every day. And it's clutter that many of us are unaware of that crosses our minds every single day. And he shares in this book that the solution to this is by achieving a heightened sense of awareness And I think that's what minimalism gives us. It gives us a heightened sense of awareness and we're more mindful when we go into situations and we're more present with other people. We're more open to hearing the ideas of others and others' perspectives without saying, oh, I don't want to listen. Or, you know, you can be skeptical. That's what he says. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. So when when I heard this fifth agreement, I was like, ah, oh, this makes sense. So like the whole idea is be more open to what others have to say, even if we don't agree and being able to let go of our learnings and our thoughts that aren't serving us. And yeah, anyways, I I, I could go on
1: and on about this book. I think it's great. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder when you're not like – this is how it is. And this is how I think. And I'm not listening to other people. It's just, it's not, it's like more, you're more like back in life. That's like, oh, well, this is how I think, but I'm open to hear your opinion and the way you think. And maybe that is something that I would like, like, look at the guy you met on the plane. He's like, nope, I'm not like that. I'm a maximalist. And then after he was like, oh, actually, like maybe I, I do have a lot of components of this lifestyle. So no, I, I believe in that 100%. So, yeah, I guess he learned to listen. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. It's really, really true.
0: I love it because I think there's a lot of people out there they are like, oh, I disagree with you on the subject, and then they don't listen. But sometimes we learn just from hearing someone's perspective. We might not agree with it, but at least we're learning something in the process. So true yeah and so, what else happened on our trips? Lauren? we met with one of our listeners, which was amazing. She met with us in the grove, which was awesome. We had coffee, and she's been a dedicated listener for years and oh my goodness, I cannot wait to connect with her again. It was so nice to connect with someone who's been listening over the years, who kind of knows us well and learn more about her life and how she's applied the systems to her every day and how she's working through all these areas of excess and ideas that maybe she has for us. We've asked her all the feedback and stuff. It was really, really nice.
1: Yeah, she was amazing. It's so one thing about minimalism and Kelly and I always talk about this is people's stories, like, you know, how they came on the lifestyle and how it changed their life and like what it did for them. And yeah, it was, it's so nice meeting up with people who have been listening for so many years and just like hearing their story. And yeah, she was amazing.
0: Yeah, we we released an episode a little while back about people's stories and how minimalism has improved their lives, and, and we should do another one of those because I thought that was really, really nice. Everyone has a story, and especially when we bring up minimalism, everybody has a story to share, even if they're not a minimalist, right? Everybody has a story to share about the excess in their lives. And uh, we also met with one of my best friends who lives in LA. And I bring her up because she did something very special for Lauren and I. This trip, you know, it's almost five years in the making. Lauren and I started this podcast back in 2018, in August 2018, August 12th to be exact. So that's our little anniversary date. We're so excited. And she met up with us and she knows how hard we've been working over the past few years. And she all of a sudden through dinner, she's like, oh, by the way, I wrote you to a poem. And we're like, what? I, I don't understand. She's like, I wrote you a beautiful poem. And I was like, oh, OK. Do you want to read it for us? And it was very vulnerable for her. And it was so beautiful. And Lauren's like, oh, my gosh, what is happening right now? <laughs>
1: it was so beautiful.
0: And and I will read it right now. Uh, just it. some background. Sarah is my childhood best friend. Her and I would always compete in high school. When it came to our marks, uh, she ended up going the science route. So she's actually a scientist. She built a, a dairy-free milk company, and now she built a prebiotic drink for skin health called Night Water. So check it out. It's at Drink Night Water. That's N I T E W T R. Drink Night Water. Really, really cool. So she gave us some of that too, which was really sweet. But she wrote this poem. She wrote this poem about us and how you know we're we're going to the West Coast. We're meeting the minimalists who are basically first pioneers behind minimalism. And to meet them was so great. And to be able to collaborate with them in the future will be even more great. So we're very excited for what the future has in store for all of us. But I will go into the poem. It's beautiful. In the realm of podcasts, a tale unfolds of two souls named Kelly and Lauren Bold. Their voices entwined in harmonious rhythm, embarking on a journey through space and time. Millennial Minimalists, their podcast name, with the stories of simplifying life's grand game. From Canada, they hailed with dreams set high, a quest for success reaching for the sky. Their first adventure took them far and wide to Italy's lands where olives reside. They marveled at olive trees, ancient and wise, drawing inspiration beneath sunlit skies. With hearts full of wanderlust and dreams to chase, they set their sights on Los Angeles's embrace—the city of angels, where dreams can ignite. In pursuit of purpose, they took flight, a meeting with the minimalist, renowned and revered. Fueled their passion, dissolving any fear. Learning the art of letting go and embracing less, they grew in wisdom, finding true success. Through trials and triumphs, their bond grew strong. United in their purpose, they journeyed along. Their voices echoed, touching hearts afar, empowering listeners wherever they are. With each episode, a ripple they'd send, inspiring others to seek and transcend. Kelly and Lawrence, seekers of light, guiding others through the darkest night. Their podcast, A Testament to Dreams Come True millennium minimals a beacon for me and you so let us raise a glass hosting their feast to kelly and lauren souls so sweet may their journey continue ever bright spreading inspiration with their podcast light so good that's so good i got
1: shivers again while you're reading
0: that <laughs> oh really good i'm so mm-hmm. glad oh my gosh and just for context i, I should have said at the beginning so lauren and i started our podcast in italy and so that's why you hear about italy and the olive trees because we got a beautiful tour of an olive grove which is most usually unusual people check out wineries but we checked out an olive grove it was really quite neat
1: and yeah uh, no it was beautiful
0: we ended up getting a drive home
1: from Sarah and Lauren said gosh this is the best way to end our trip it really was yeah. she's amazing I know you you had talked about her forever because you guys had grown up together so it was so nice to finally meet her in person
0: yeah, I thought that was that was really beautiful. And uh, yeah, it actually made me super reflective that night. It made me think, okay, like what are all the learnings I learned from this trip? You know, I've always find that every time you travel, you gain a new perspective, as I said at the top of this podcast, and you would feel more refreshed. I I'm starting to realize that I just need to move a little bit slower. Even on that trip, we were back to back to back to back to back. And Lauren and I were so exhausted in moments and we learned that we need to set more time for space to do nothing and that's something that we talk about on the podcast all the time. We need to take time to rest, uh have our own time. We were in the same place every day in the same Airbnb and Lauren and I were able to keep our spaces as well, but it was very go go go. We didn't have much time to ourselves, but it's nice that we can be passively present with each other. I really like that. You know, disconnecting from our phone. We did quite a bit of that on the trip and I I tried to when I walked around LA really notice rather than just see, not just see things around me, but really notice them. And the biggest le- uh, learning that I learned from this trip is that we, you need to take risks. You need to get escape your comfort zone. Sometimes it's very hard for me to do that. And, uh, but every time I do, I, I grow and I'm, i I feel this sense of a greater, a greater sense of happiness. And one of my favorite quotes is take risks. If you win, you'll be happy. If you lose, you will be wise. I
1: love that. I love that. So Yeah, no, it was definitely, we had a lot of social interactions on the trip. So, and I'm the type of person that I get my energy from being by myself. And I was not by myself for five days. Kelly and I were in an Uber to Santa Monica and, she was talking to me. I'm like, Kelly, I just need to watch YouTube videos by myself for 30 minutes. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. I love that you do that. We do our own
0: thing, which I yeah. love. We can both do our own thing and also have so much fun together. So it's, it's really, really nice and refreshing that we, we have that friendship where we can go and travel together. Cause there's a lot of people, they, it's hard to find someone they can travel with. Right. So it's really, really nice. And uh, I, I wanted to end off today with a beautiful quote. It's by John F. Kennedy says there are costs and risks to a program of action, but they are far less than the long range risks and costs of comfortable inaction. So you got to go for it. If there's something you want to go for, you got to do it. And I'm so glad that we did. What a refreshing trip. Hopefully we can go back again for a longer period, maybe a month or two. So we'll definitely have to think about that in the future. But we're going to keep you all posted on our plans for the future.
1: But uh, yeah, just stay tuned. There's a lot of fun in the works. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, Also, just to let our listeners know, we are doing the closet course monthly. If anyone wants to sign up, the link will be on the website. And we'll keep you posted with the dates and times on our Instagram. We've received amazing feedback from the people who did take the course. We had a good turnout two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was two ago,
0: a few weeks ago. Yeah, and and just for context, for people who aren't aware, so we we run now a closet decluttering course. We have a closet decluttering e-guide on our website at mastersimplicity.com, But now we are also running a live course, and that is led by Lauren because Lauren is the closet genius. You are amazing when it comes to organizing the most perfect capsule wardrobe and maintaining it Thank for good. You.
1: Yeah, no, we I definitely touch on how to maintain it. And if you're still in that like spring, summer, putting those outfits together, or if you're about to go do a big clothing haul, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) Sign up for the course first, because I can teach you how to get the most use out of what you already have and feel like your closet is finally complete for the first time. We had a lot of people who were like, that was such a good concept is that I felt like I was done after taking the course. I really understood it.
0: This is such a great episode. I I loved catching up on everything. And again, everybody stay tuned on on what's to come. So uh, who knows? We might be going out west for a little bit. Yes, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Well, thanks again, everybody. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this one-on-one discussion as much as we had fun recording it. Meeting the Minimalist was especially surreal for us and we will definitely share details on any potential collaborations to come. And if you enjoyed our discussion today, please let us know by kindly rating us a kind five-star rating and review on iTunes or by sending us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Millennial Minimalists. Your reviews especially help our podcast grow and really help us keep motivated. And to close, I have a few announcements to share. As many of you know, Lauren and I are now running a closet course to help you design a simple and functional closet and wardrobe for good. And you can find a link to upcoming classes on our website at mastersimplicity.com. And there you can also find our closet kit e-guide and links to our lovely brand partners, including BetterHelp and Viome so that you can take advantage of their promotions. So thanks again for listening, everyone. And I will speak with you next week. Bye-bye.